We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. Now, watch this. Are you ready? Say, I will help you if you'll stay in the Word. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor. Praise the Lord, everybody. All right. Lord bless you. Uh, you can be seated. All right. The uh, first pastor that ever had asked me to come preach a revival when I was about 18 years old. Uh, wrote this poem. I'm going to read it. I used to could read it. I, I had it. He gave it to me in a big eight and a half by 11. So back then when I was 18, 19, I, I shrunk it down like this. Now I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> no one <clears throat> can take my place. There are men of renown that line up the halls to display their image and worth. There are men with no crowns or laurels at all that have darkened the face of the earth. There are men great and small, and they all left their mark in life, whatever their pace. I cannot meet their call or launch their embark, and no one can take my place. Is that right? Of the, mir- of the millions of snowflakes that fall to the ground, We are told that no two are the same. Then let us forsake the thoughts that abound that everyone's destined for fame. The rivers and hills, the mountains and streams, the flowers and trees all embrace a part of God's will, his creation and dreams, but none can take my place. We are all weave our portion in the cloth of today. The colors tell something of me. And if my devotion is red or gray, it will speak of things to be. Architects of eternity, we draw our own plans for a home and cap it with grace. The master builder must use our plans, and no one can take my place. From the lowest man to the highest tree, and all that lies between, to each its own plan and fulfilling decree, designed by the, master, by the maker supreme. When the last nail is driven and the efforts all sealed and delivered at the end of the race, the benediction given, there will be no appeal and no one can take my place. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. All right. I want to preach, preach, what are we going to do tonight? Something that I've been looking forward to, to bring into this congregation for some time since a pastor had asked me to, to, uh, to come and be a part of this pulpit team. And uh, I consider it a great honor. I consider it a great honor to be here. It's by God's mercies and God's grace that I'm here tonight. And I appreciate what God has done to, to let me do this. <clears throat> I want to start in a verse of Luke 6 and 17. 
And uh, the Bible says, And he came down to with them and stood in the plain in the company of his disciples, and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem, and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And they were that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him and healed them all. Luke uh, 8 and 43. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll let y'all be seated. I don't, otherwise, y'all be standing all night long. Uh, be seated. Uh, I want to preach tonight the use of and replenishment of virtue. The use of and replenishment of virtue. So let's read some more here of this, of this setting. Luke 8 and 43. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stanched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Well, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee. And you say, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And the woman saw that she was not hid. She came trembling, falling down before him, and she declared unto him, Watch this, before all the people, for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. So she had a testimony service right then and there. Hey, everybody, let me just tell you what just happened to me. Isn't that wonderful when that happens? Uh, when we left here last, I guess it was last, when was Mother's Day? Sunday week ago. I, I was absent this last weekend. Sorry about that. So two weeks ago, you, you, if you were here, you saw my dad come down to the front. Hallelujah. I'm going to have another breakdown right now. And, and stood to his feet, lifted his hands. I've been telling everybody that. Oh, man, I've been telling people. What a blessing. What a picture. It, it's, it's been my dream since he got out of the hospital. I, I could envision him standing right here in the front of this church. The only thing missing are my children to be standing beside him. I'm seeing that too. I, back in that prayer room... At 6 o'clock morning, our early morning prayer, I saw that in my mind. And so I got to see the first part of it two weeks ago. My dad standing right here with his hands up. That's a testimony, people. Thank God. So let me talk about us. How many, many of you I know here, you may be teachers, healthcare workers. I know my sister here. Uh, People who care for other people. We've gone through these times. If you're a teacher, do we have any teachers? Who's teachers in the house? No teachers in here? No? Okay. How many health care workers? Okay. There we go. Oh, yeah. There we go. All right. So how many of you care for loved one? Care for your parents? Care for your, your children? How many understand? You know what it's like to, to be at that bedside. All night long. You're not doing much. You're just sitting there. I mean, think about it. 
You're just sitting there, fetching something every now and then. But you know as well as I know, the next day and the next days after, you are drained. You are physically drained dry. I know you healthcare workers, you get off work after dealing with patients all day long. I, can only, I cannot even imagine how you feel at the end of the day. That's virtue. Virtue is uh, power, dunamis, strength, and sustaining. That's the definition of virtue. Power, dunamis, strength, and sustaining. And that's what we are giving to people when we're teaching. I teach uh, kids camps. I teach magic camps all during, during the summer. And let me tell you, when I, I didn't know what it was like until I started that. Standing on my feet, standing over kids, you know, working with them and helping them and, and, and instructing and correcting. And I come home at the end of the day and I'm like, and I never didn't realize it. I finally put it together. That's what people go through that teach class and teach school all day long. But you're expending yourself. You're giving of yourself. You're pouring yourself out to the situation, to the, the fevered brow all night long, to the upset stomach, to the, to the care and, and giving like that. That is the use of virtue. This is what Jesus felt when he was healing people. Something would go out of him. Virtue, that power, that strength would go from him. And when this little lady came up here and touched the hem of his garment, he felt a whole bale empty out of himself in just that fast. Imagine those of you that know what I'm talking about, whether you've been there all night long and how you feel, imagine suddenly that feeling hit you. That's what Jesus felt. In, in, in a moment's time, boom, virtue had left him. And that draining he felt. When we use that virtue and use that strength, you want to come home, and what do you do? You want to sit down, you want to just... Recharge and hope somebody maybe says something nice to you or somebody will give you something, give, bring you a glass of tea or water or something and just, how many to know the defin- what I'm talking about when you say you just want to recharge? How many to know about that word recharge? Hallelujah. So this is where Jesus was. Somebody touched me. Now, come on. You think Jesus didn't know who touched him? How many think Jesus knows who touched him? He knew who touched him. But what was this about? He needed to give her that opportunity to step forward and testify and say, He did that. He healed me. He touched me. Praise his name. Glorify him. And she gave back that virtue. She replenished that virtue back to him that he had just lost. Because she stood there and said, I'm going to tell everybody, this is the man. He touched me. I had an issue for all these years, and I'm healed now. Thank Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And he gave her that opportunity to give back to him that virtue that had just gone out of his body. Hallelujah. The use of and replenishment of virtue. Praise the Lord. 
There was a fireman in Chicago, and there was a fire way up on the, way high, out of the 10th, 11th floor, and they ran this ladder all the way up there. And this fireman started climbing that ladder. Thank God for people that can do that. Because it ain't me. But this man got up partway and something happened. Anxiety hit him. He froze. He gripped that ladder and began to be fearful as any normal person could do. And the people standing around started mocking and jeering. Yelling at him, come on, what's wrong with you? And just yelling negativity, downgrading, degrading. And the more they yelled at, the harder he gripped to that ladder. Suddenly the captain saw what was happening and realized what was happening. And he started edging people on, come on, you can do this, you got this. You can make it. Go ahead. We're behind you. And people then begin to pick up on it and started yelling, yes, you've got this. Go ahead. You're, you're the man. Yeah. And suddenly those, those, that energy came back up and he, he loosened up and started reaching up for the next rung and began to climb up until he climbed up to the 11th floor and saved the victim that was up there. What was that? The use of and replenishment of that virtue. That's what we have to have in our lives, people. We need that in the house of God. We need somebody to help us from time to time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We may need to cut the tape right quick. I grew up in a negative family. I'm going to get mean text after this service if they're watching. I did, though. I, my, my, we're not a positive family. They'll tell you everything you did wrong yesterday. I, that's, that was my people. Weren't very complimentary. Weren't really super loving and lovey-dovey. We, let alone, it was my life. It was my family. And we got used to it. That's who we were. That's who we are. Uh, the most of the positive reinforcement in my life was belt and a switch so yeah so uh but my, my mom my mom told me one time she said well if I tell you you can't do something you'll prove me wrong you go ahead and do it that really ain't how things work so I tried to be different with my children I tried to be positive and they'll probably tell you if they were here I didn't do too well at it but I did try I I when I had my own children I Begin to try to be positive and enforce them and support them and cheer them on. Uh, <laughs> potty training. You ever do potty training? Your kid, you know. You remember the first time they pottied in the in the in the toilet in the to toilet? And you know, you're, yay! Woo yay! I felt like an idiot, but you know, that's what that's what the book said I had to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, positive, yeah, come on, come on, you can do it, you can do it, yeah. There's one family event, it was in Home Depot, the guy come over and says, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, sir, your kid just 
did business in our display over here. What are you going to do? We got to be positive. So we gather around. Yeah, hey, yeah, you did it, you did it, yeah. You know, the whole story, oh, what's wrong with these people? Amen. But uh, we got to be, but that's what we have to have in life. That's what we need. From childbirth all the way in, we've got to have help sometimes from one another. Kids need to be told, you can do it. You can do it. They need to hear the story about the little engine that could sometimes. Amen? And uh, that's, so with, with that, that's, that's the use of and replenishment of virtue for our children. We've got to be supportive. Even when we don't like what they're doing, we've got to still kind of prod them on. Praise God. Psalm 90 and 10. I don't know if I gave you that or not, sister. We'll read it no matter what. The days of our years are threescore and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet it is their strength and labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. So, uh, I think maybe it's the next verse after that. It says, teach me to number my days, number my years. Is that right? That doesn't, that doesn't mean count them off and see how many you got. That's not how many candles on your birthday cake. That's not what that's saying. He says, we, we may have 70 years. If by reason of strength and you're good to your parents, you get 80 years. So teach me to number my days. Let's see, I'm 49. So let's subtract that from what? <laughs> yeah. But however many you are now, subtract them out from where we're going, and that's how much you got. Number my days. Kind of like, you know, how much currency you got in your pocket. Let's see what I got here. I got, I got $37 here. So we know now how much we got till the end of the day, right? All right, that's two Big Macs. That's an order of fries. That's, you know, three Cokes for the day. That's what, that's what some people do. How much I got and how long is it going to last me? So how much you got now and how much is it going to last you? That's, that's an important thing for us to go through life. Remember, we can't wear this thing out. We can't wear ourselves out and empty ourselves this early in life. we got a ways to go. There was a sign on the junkyard that said, It's the grind that gets them. And the guy stopped in and said, well, I don't understand what, what that sign means. And the guy said, well, here's the thing. Most people believe that a junkyard is full of wrecked, smashed, crashed cars. But it's not the truth. Most of the cars in this junkyard just wore out. They just broke down, and they hauled them in here, and it's the grind that finally got them. If we're not careful, people, that could be our story. We go through life, and we wear ourselves out, and we don't get replenished the virtue that was in our life. We're going to end up in the junkyard. Y'all with me? Hallelujah. All right, let me tell you why I'm saying this. We're given in this life just so much strength and energy, and we have basically a daily allotment of what we have to give out We've got to, to help be replenished and also help replenish our 
co-workers and, and workers and supervisors and workers, parents and children, husbands and wives, and church people to church people. I said church people to church people. Nobody out there knows what we are going through on a daily basis like church people know. You can't roll up, you can't roll up to the guy at the library and say, boy, I'm telling you, the devil's just been wearing me out. I've just been tempted. So they're gonna say, What is he talking about? But you can tell a brother in the Lord, you can tell a sister in the Lord, sister, I've just been up against it. Man, I've just been stressed out. I need a touch of God. Church person's going to understand what you mean by that. That's why we need each other to help replenish each other to replenish my virtue. I'm wore out, wiped out, wound down, but thank God I can come to the house of the Lord and somebody's going to know what I've been through. They're going to know where I've been and they're going to be there to prop me up and give me more strength back. The replenishment of my virtue comes from you people. And your virtue comes from that spot. And those people comes from there. This person, you got to give them virtue. you got to give them virtue. We are here for each other. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Even so much more as you see the day approaching. Hallelujah. That's not necessarily talking about heaven. Amen. That's talking about my life and then the, the, the end of my virtue uh, thermometer over here. Hallelujah. As I see that day approaching, I'm counting my days. I'm counting how much virtue I got. I'm running low, Pastor. I got to get to church. Hallelujah. I need some help. Hallelujah. We don't know what somebody's going through over here. We don't know what this sister's been through. We don't know what that brother's been through when we come to church. We got to be happy with each other. We got to help one another. Hallelujah. Man, that, that sister on the back row, she got attitude. She sat back there and just gave me the ugly look all service long. Well, you know what? Instead of fussing about it, not to you, sister. <laughs> you shouldn't have sat on the back row. <laughs> but we don't know what that poor sister's been through today. Hallelujah. We don't know what's happened to her child. We don't know what her husband, he may have lost his job today. We don't know the pressure and the frustration and the, and the war out that they're going through. Instead of talking about how ugly and mean looking they are, we need to go put our arm around them and give them some virtue. Replenish that virtue. Whatever you're going through, I'm here to help you. Whatever you need, I'm here to see you through it. Hallelujah. Can we get a kid in here? Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. We can't handle life's pressures all by ourselves. Our body is not designed for that kind of pressure. Our body is not built for stress and anxiety that we go through sometimes. We need, we need replenishment. Hallelujah. Psalm 133 says, Behold how pleasant and good and pleasant some things, you know, some things are pleasant, but they're not good. And some things are good, and they're not pleasant. Right? But, but the Bible says, how good and pleasant for brethren 
to dwell together in unity. Sometimes, you know, we feel like we're the Lone Ranger. We're out there all by ourselves. But thank God we can come boldly into the throne of grace and find grace to help. When? In that time of need. Hallelujah. Sometimes we don't feel it. We don't feel like it. I'm wiped out. I'm worn out. I just want to stay home. Well, you've got to go to church. You're the pastor. <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't feel like going. If I had anything, oh, I just want to stay right here. But you know what? I need to come boldly to the throne of grace and find grace to help me in this time of need. Hallelujah. Visualize in your mind. Now, get this. A, a, pig, a mama pig and her piglets. Get this vision in your mind. All right. Do you see it? There's mama pig. There's a piglet way over there in the corner. There's a piglet way over here by the gate. There's a piglet over here by the food trough. Piglet over there by the water. Piglet over in the mud. Y'all see that? How many saw that? How many didn't see it that way? How many saw the mama pig and all the piglets piled on top of her? That's how you see it. Because that's how it is. They all in there, just all together. Nasty, muddy, stinky, but they all in there. That's us people, hallelujah. We got to get in here and all get together and bind together. And you may stink, I may stink. It don't matter. We all in here loving one another, all in here in mama's lap. Praise God. That's what we're here for. What does that do? That replenishes my virtue. Hallelujah. Satan has attacked our American family. He's trying to divide us. And conquer us and split us apart and cause division and cause anxiety. That, that's his key. If he can break us apart and separate us out, he's got the battle half won. Amen? He's got the battle half won right there because we ain't talking to each other. We ain't liking each other. We ain't communicating. Amen? That's what Satan wants. That's why we have to break that. Why? Because if I'm out by myself, I'm going to be dried up and be worn out. I need to be with people. Amen? How pleasant and good for us to dwell together. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We need unity. And fellowship. We need fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. We need fellowship. What I said is we need fellowship. But what I meant by that is we need fellowship. Well, we're together. We're in unity. Well, you know, unity and fellowship is not always the same thing. Yeah, we can get together in here, but just, just getting together don't mean we have fellowship. You can tie two Tomcat's tails together, hang them over a clothesline. They have unity. But they don't have fellowship. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. We've got to have fellowship. When we come to this place, people, we need to make the most of it. We need to bind together, hug one another, love one another, pray with one another. And, and, we do, and, and that's what I like about this church. I see it all the time, coming together and pray, praying one for another. And that's a beautiful thing. So I'm not, I'm not preaching that we've got to change some things. We just need to keep doing what we're doing. This is a, this is a fellowship in church. Praise God. But if anybody here, and I don't know everybody, if you're here missing out on something, you need to come and get a part of it and get in the middle of it because that's what's going to replenish that virtue in your life. Hallelujah. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are just, 
Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, if there be any praise, if there be good report, think on these things. That's, that's our life. Praise God. We look back. The woman with the issue of blood gave praise to Jesus to replenish that virtue. Uh, King, uh, the, the one leper came back. Thank God one leper came and said, hey, thank you. I want to praise you for what you did. Thank God Jesus needed that. I said Jesus needed that. You think Jesus didn't? Yeah, Jesus needed that. David, on the way into the city, they begin to praise and, and sing praises of, about him. Hey, Saul has killed his thousands. David killed his ten thousands. What was that doing? David was wiped out, people. You think that wasn't a trying situation, a, a stressful situation going down there? I, mean, I know he had faith, but come on. Even with faith, it still takes something out of you. But the people gave it back to him. Praise God. Therefore, comfort one another. Edify one another. Even as also you do. And beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you, over you the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Comfort and edify one another. Give, and it shall be given. When we give ourselves, we give. When we give of ourselves, we give. We get back to what we've given. Praise God. Our pastor and his wife, I'm going to tell you people, we have no idea what they go through on a daily basis. We think we do, but trust me, you don't know. Can you, I mean, the, the sick, the care, the things we do for people, imagine that every day, 24-7, 365 days a year, getting the phone calls. Somebody's sick. Somebody's their home may be breaking. Somebody's child is in trouble. This man gets these calls all day, every day. He's not designed for it, no more than we are. His body and his mind is not designed to take all of that stress. Jesus Christ had to have the virtue replenished to him. What do you think? He's not any better than Jesus Christ. Amen? He does not have the strength to fight his own battles. Now watch this. Don't, don't, don't leave me yet. He doesn't have the strength, and he should not have to fight his own battles. If he has to pray and fight all the battles of us people in the congregation and then also fight his own battles, where do you think that's going to put this man? Amen? We have to take up we have to take up the, the, the torch. We have to pray and give to him so that he has the strength and virtue to give back to us. Amen, amen, amen. Pastor, come on up here. Come here. Can you come join me? Now, I don't know who's who, but if you're a church leader in this church, would you please come up here to the front with me? Everybody, you're a leader, you're a musician, you're whatever part you play in this church, please come. Please come. Come on up here. Just stand, stand down here on the floor. Stand on the floor for me. Stand here on the floor for me. Stand shoulder to shoulder. Face the congregation. Pastor, you can stand right here on that little ledge right there. Shoulder to shoulder. Now, 
Now bind together here. We're gonna do. We're gonna do something. I got my little guy over here. He's gonna help me out. Come here, buddy. Oh, you, you can both do it. I don't care. You, you gonna help me? All right. Here's what I want you to do. You see, Pastor over there. You see him. Whatever you can do, don't hurt anybody. Go get to him. Go see if you can go touch, touch his. See if you can touch his foot down there. All right. Now listen. Don't hurt the little guy, but don't let him touch the pastor. All right. All right. It's gonna be a wrestling match. Okay. So if you do, you can take his coat off. But whatever you whatever you do, don't hurt the little guy, but don't let him touch the pastor. All right. Go ahead. See if you can do it. Didn't do it. You want, you want to try it? Come on, come on. You want to give it a try? Come on. Go give it a see, see if you See if you can do it. Go get to the pastor. Go on. Go, go around. Y'all see what I'm saying? Now, this is our front line, people. The rest of us, come on. Come on up here. Come on, everybody join me. Imagine. If this is our front line, we're praying for the pastor. Anything tries to get him, y'all going to stop it. He, don't, he, he can't do it by himself. He can't, come here, come on, sister, stand with me. He can't do it by himself. Now, the next layer, the next layer in front of all of our leadership is all of us in the church. Imagine, what, look, what a, look what a line of defense we have now, people. You see this line of defense going around here? Nothing should be able to get to this man and his wife. If we pray this way, amen, we've got the, he's protected. He is protected. Amen. The virtue that he's given out is constantly coming back. Every time he throws out a cup of virtue, a gallon comes back to him. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. This is our prayer, people. Amen. This is it. Let this, let this be our prayer method. Pray for our leaders. Not, not, now, and, and I've seen, I've seen our leadership. That, like I say, our leadership, our, our choir, our, our musicians. I love it when they leave this platform and come down here and stand at the altar because they need something. When I, when you see that happen, I guarantee you something's going on, and they need to leave there to come down here and get that virtue replenished. Thank God we have choir members and musicians that don't mind just putting it down and walking out here saying, "I got to get something. I got to get what I need. I'm, my virtue is low." That's vital, important, because you could sit up here in a choir, sit up here on a guitar, and die on the vine. Y'all don't have to leave. We're, I'm closing down. Y'all just stay up here. We're gonna, this is closing out. We're closing out. I just wanted to show you this, this scenario that we need, our, our, our leadership needs your prayer. Keep them in your prayers. Hallelujah. Because it's not easy going up here an hour or two hours early every service and going through what we go through. Y'all look at me like, Who's, when did you ever do that? I try. But my point is, this is our prayer chain right here. We've got to keep our pastor protected. We've got to keep our leadership protected. And we've got to keep each other protected. I said we've got to keep each other protected. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. The use of and replenishment of virtue. God bless you. Oh, and then he just handed me the mic. <laughs>